Well, good evening. It's great to see everybody here. Thank you so much for coming out tonight. It's so good to be back at the living room. It's so good to kick off a new year. And uh, anytime we're kicking off anything new, I tend to look back um, over the past and evaluate and see how things went. And I don't know if I want to get out of 2014 because 2014 was um, the best year of my life. And uh, part of the reason that it was the best year of my life is I got married in 2014. Um, we've got this uh, picture here of, uh, from the wedding. And um, this is uh, my beautiful uh, bride, Jade King, right there. I still call her Jade King. Her name is going to be Jade Horton. She hasn't changed it yet. Um, I, I don't know what's going on with that. She's holding out for King. She's thinking maybe he'll go with Brad King. But um, anyway... Um, which would be cool, because King is a great, great name. But um, anyway, this is at the end of the wedding, and uh, I, we, um, that day, that, that day flew by, and it was so awesome, and we loved every bit of it. And 2014 was absolutely amazing, because I got to marry Jade, and you are awesome, Jade. I love you. You're amazing. And uh, anyway, but it was an incredible, incredible year for me, and it was an incredible year for us. We can take the picture down now, and... Uh, <laughs> Um, but it was an incredible year for the living room, and uh, we grew here at Buckhead Church, which was amazing, because we grew here at Buckhead Church in the living room, and we also launched a college ministry at Kennesaw State University. The living room is now out there, and uh, Mr. Samer Massad is in the room, by the way, uh, your new college pastor, hanging out with us tonight, and uh, if you're from Kennesaw, I'd love for you to meet Samer, and for those of you here at Buckhead Church, you're going to get to hear Samer, at some point in the future, he's an amazing communicator. You're going to love having him around and a part of our team. He is amazing. And it was a fantastic year for the living room. We loved it. We just thought it was incredible. Um, we, I mean, honestly, each week would go by, and it was just, like, amazing to see what God was doing, to hear what God was doing, to hear what God's doing in our small groups. And if you're not in a small group, you need to get in a small group. I might say something about that a little bit later. But um, it was an, a fantastic year. But as I look back and I think about it and as I evaluate the year, I, I'm, I'm asked the question, how effective are we going to be? How effective have we been? How effective are we at leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ? Because that is the mission of the living room. We'll put it up for you in case you didn't know that. But our mission is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And as I think back over 2014, incredible things happen for the living room. Both campuses, amazing what God was doing. But I believe that we can be better at accomplishing our mission. And so tonight, I want us to look at a story out of the Gospel of Luke. How many of you went to Passion Conference a few weekends ago? Um, not many of you. Okay, that's good. Um, that's good, because what we're talking about is something that was talked about there. And, um, but I'm going to be sharing the story of Zacchaeus tonight, and we're going to look at some of the observations of that. And Carl Lentz was the speaker from Hillsong, uh, Hillsong, New York. He's the pastor up there, and he taught in this story. And I turned to Jade as he started the story. I was like, Jade, I'm planning on speaking on this at the living room on the first night of the semester, and I don't know if I can do that now. And, um, but actually, he went in a different direction than I, I we're going tonight. I mean, it's kind of the same, but it's not the same. Same. I'm going to be talking about occupying all the streets is what I'm going to be talking about. Those for the five people that were there, they got that. But um, anyway, I'm not talking about that. We're going to be talking about how we can be effective in our mission of leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And this story is going to help us do that. And it's going to um, help us uh, evaluate our lives. But before we dive into the story, I want to sh share two questions with you. 
And I want you to answer these two questions tonight. As you leave tonight, I want you to think about these two questions, and I want you to evaluate your own life. And so I'm giving you the talk away from the beginning. This is the kind of the bottom line is answering these two questions, which is not smart to have two questions for a bottom line, but we're going for two questions because you're college students and you can handle it. So here it is. The first one is, how are you being intentional in your relationships with people who do not know Jesus? And I don't know if you've thought about that before, but are you being an intentional are you being intentional with people who do not know Jesus? And maybe you're here tonight. It's your first time to the living room. And by the way, we just want to say welcome. We're so glad you're here. And you're like, oh, this is what it's all about. It's about leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. You didn't tell me it was going to be about Jesus. You just told me there was going to be free barbecue, and I came, you know. And uh, that's cool. We want you to know that we believe that the most important relationship that anybody can have is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And wherever you are in that, you're welcome here. We want you to be welcome here, but we want to help you take a step towards connecting with your Heavenly Father through a relationship with Jesus Christ. So how are you being intentional in your relationships with people who do not know Jesus? Have you thought about that? Hopefully, if you have, and if you haven't, hopefully you'll start thinking about that tonight. Second question is this. What Christ-like qualities are being revealed in your life that cause people who do not know Jesus to be attracted to you? Okay, this is not a dating question, by the way. This is just reality. What Christ-like qualities are being revealed in your life that cause people who do not know Jesus to be attracted to you? And if you're like, what's that about? Well, we'll, we'll answer that as we dive in to uh, the story of Zacchaeus. So this is in Luke uh, chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. We're going to read the whole story all at once. So here it comes. Jesus entered Jericho and was, pa- was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. Because this man, too, is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. The first thing that you need to know about this passage um, is about Zacchaeus. You need to realize that Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. That's what he wanted to do. He wanted to see Jesus. But you need to know some things about Zacchaeus. And first is that he was the chief tax collector. And so different scholars debate on what that means, but he was, he was over a district in Jericho, and he had subordinates reporting to him. So he didn't actually go collect the taxes himself. He had people working out in these, uh, the best way we can describe it is probably like a toll booth. And people had to like check in, and they had to pay taxes on their businesses. And what the tax collectors would do in that day is they would get... The, the money for the government, but they would also get a cut from themselves. And so tax collectors were despised. But not only this, Zacchaeus was despised because he was 
the chief tax collector, and he was known as being very wealthy. People knew. They knew where he lived. They knew he had a big house. They knew that he made his money off of their money. He got what their profit was. He got a cut of that. But here was the greatest reason why Zacchaeus was despised in Jericho. And that was he was a Jew working for the government of Rome. And so to them, it was like he betrayed them. It's like you're not even a Roman citizen and you're working for Rome, taking in taxes. You're making money off of us and you're giving it to the Roman government. And so he was despised because he was the chief tax collector. The other thing that we know is that he was um, a wee little man, as the song goes. He, he was a small guy. He was short. And so Zacchaeus was a man of authority, but he was a short man. And so he gets word that Jesus is coming to town and he wants to see Jesus. And I don't know if he just was used to being short or what, but at, at this point he sees the crowd gather to line the streets, they know Jesus is coming. I don't know how they found out Jesus was coming, but they hear word is spread out, and Zacchaeus is like, I've got to see Jesus. And I don't know if he just like saw the crowd and was like, there is no way that I'm going to get through this crowd and see Jesus, and I really want to see Jesus. Or maybe he just knew how they felt about him, and he's like, I'm not even going to try. Or maybe he kind of tried to get through the crowd, and they're like, oh, it's Zacchaeus. Don't let him through. Like, no, no, we don't like this guy, and like they're cutting him off. Or maybe he's like, man, I know how it is, and I know how they feel about me. I'm just going to run ahead and climb a tree. So I want you to picture this. This guy is wealthy. He's rich. He's a short man, and he runs ahead of the crowd, and he's going to climb a tree to make sure that he can see Jesus. And he's not wearing jeans, okay? He's not wearing, like, running shoes, okay? He's in sandals, most likely. He's got a robe on. So just picture, you know, Jesus' day, what they wore in that, in that day. And I know you're like not up to fashion on Jesus' day, but it wasn't much. It was just like a robe, you know. And he's got this on, and he's deciding to climb a tree. Now, I want you to picture that. He's climbing the tree. And what do you think the crowd that despised him is thinking in that moment? They're like, would you look at that? Like, I mean, they're like, man, get your camera. This would be a great Instagram moment. Like, like this is amazing. Like, hopefully he's going to fall because that would be hilarious if we saw Zacchaeus, like, fall, you know? And, and you know they're just wishing that in their hearts. They're like, can you check that out? Can you believe Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector, is climbing the tree right now? And so he climbs the tree. And this is what's amazing. Zacchaeus didn't care. He did not care what they thought. He did not care one bit because all he wanted to do was see Jesus. There was something in Jesus. There was something about Jesus. There was something that Zacchaeus had heard. And maybe he had heard that it was like, okay, he turned water into wine at the wedding of Canaan. That's pretty cool. Like, I want to see Jesus. Or maybe he heard he healed a blind man. He's like, that's amazing. Maybe he heard that he walked on water. Or maybe he had just heard that he was loving, that he was accepting. But there was something about Jesus that Zacchaeus wanted to see. And the first observation that you need to know from this passage is that Jesus was irresistible. Jesus was irresistible. And Zacchaeus and all the people wanted to be around him. And so my question for you is we're trying to think about 
our mission of leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ is, is what is it about you that is, is irresistible to people? Like, are people attracted to the irresistible Christ in you? Can people see Christ in your life? And, does, and if so, are they attracted to Christ in you? Is there anything that's irresistible about Christ in you that people are like, man, I want to hang out with Bob. Bob is cool. Bob knows Jesus. Bob loves Jesus. And I think because Bob loves Jesus, he loves me. If you were to evaluate your life, can people see Christ in you? Are you accepting? Are you loving? Are you authentic? Do you care? Are you kind? Are you nice to people? And do the people that live around you, do they experience that? Do they experience the Jesus who is inside of you? That's the first thing that happens. And this, the next thing that happens is crazy because Zacchaeus is in the tree and um, he is like seeing Jesus come up. And like now Jesus has got his whole entourage with him. They're walking through the streets. And all he wanted to do was see him. And all of a sudden, Jesus calls out to him and says, Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. I'm going to be a guest at your house today. And it's like, excuse me? Like, I just wanted to see you. And like, can you imagine Zacchaeus in the tree? Like he's seeing him, he's got his eyes on him. He's like, there he is, I got a spot. I'm holding on for dear life because I don't want to embarrass myself right now. But here, there he is, it was worth it. I got in the tree, I got my visual. He's coming, he's coming closer, he's coming closer. And then all of a sudden, Jesus calls out to Zacchaeus and says, Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. And he's like, like who, me? Like he's looking around like there's another tree behind him and there's another person in it. And he's like, what's going on? And he's like, no, he said my name. He said my name, and it's like, I don't know how quickly he got down out of the tree, but I guarantee you, he came down quick. Like, I, I'm, I, I, maybe he jumped. I don't know what happened, but it says he gladly came down and gladly wel welcomed him into the home. But can you imagine what happened to Zacchaeus in that moment? That his heart just started racing, and he's like, oh, my God, like literally, oh my God, like my God just called me. I don't know him as God yet, but I mean, but this guy, God, whoever you are, like Jesus, the son of God is calling my name and he's saying, I'm going to be a guest at your house. Like that's crazy. Can you imagine what Zacchaeus was feeling in that moment? And the second thing I want you to know is that Jesus was intentional. Jesus was intentional. He was intentional. He, he, it wasn't like, oh, we might go hang out at somebody's house, or I'm, I'm hoping somebody is going to, like, you know, welcome me as a guest in Jericho because I don't know where we're going to get our next meal from, and that would be nice, and I've got, like, 12 guys i got to feed too, you know? And, you know, I don't know what was going on, but he was very intentional. And maybe because he was the son of God, he knew exactly who Zacchaeus was. Like, he didn't, you know, I don't think he sent anybody ahead and, like, found out his name. He just was like, Zacchaeus, we're going to your house. You look like you're excited about us being here, and I think you can accommodate what's going on. I don't know what happened, but he was very intentional with Zacchaeus. And it spoke volumes to Zacchaeus in that moment because it put value 
in Zacchaeus' life. He's like, who, me? No way. Do you know who I am? I'm like the chief tax collector. No one is really wanting to hang out with me. Like, what's happening here? It's crazy. And um, I don't know if this is true or not because it is Jesus and he's like the son of God. And, but there was something spontaneous about this moment because he's just walking down the street and he's like, hey, I'm going to your house. Like, and it was almost spontaneous intentionality was what was taking place right there. Spontaneous intentionality because Jesus had a mission and a purpose, but he's like, hey, this guy seems interested. I'm going to his house. And what's so crazy about that moment is I think it's the only time in scripture that Jesus like invited himself over to someone's house. And, and the way it's worded in the original language is it's not like, um, hey, can we come over? It's not like a question. It's like a mandate. The way Jesus said, he's like, hey, Zacchaeus, I am going to be the guest at your house today. Like, I hope you're ready. I hope you cleaned up. I hope you can, like, you better hurry home and, like, crank up the grill because we're coming, you know? And it's like a mandate. And so I, I just wonder, like, as we think about our mission of leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, how are you doing in being intentional in your relationships? How are you doing in being intentional in your relationships? Because... I think many of you in this room, you're being intentional about things in life. Some of you are being very intentional about college right now. You're like, it's the first week. I'm going to every single one of my classes the first week. <laughs> and some of you are being intentional about, like, how can I get somebody to take notes for me in that class and me not go? And some of you are being intentional about figuring out which one you're going to drop before the drop deadline because you're like, I don't like this professor and I'm going to make sure I get in to, like, drop ad before, you know, I have to lose all my money. And you're intentional about things, but are you being intentional about the relationships in your life? Have you thought about that? Like, the relationships in your life, are you being intentional about them? Because here's what I want you to know. <clears throat> Some of you are... are just starting off at college, some of you are wrapping up, but college is going to go by really, really fast. It's going to fly by. And even if you're like on the five and a half, six-year plan, it's still going to fly by really, really fast. And if you're not intentional in your relationships, then you're never going to be effective at leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. This is something that uh, Carl Lentz said at Passion, which was amazing. But he says, urgency does not make you weird. It just makes you effective. Urgency does not make you weird. It just makes you effective. And I want us to be people who are effective at leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And there is not urgency in college students' lives about much when it comes to relationships because you're thinking you got plenty of time. And I'm just telling you that from my own personal experience of times when I just like, oh, I will share Christ with this person eventually. 
I'm not cool enough for them right now. He doesn't respect me enough yet. And maybe if, if I just hang out a little bit longer, I will open my mouth and I'll tell him about the greatest relationship in the world. And I'm going to hold on until the next time we hang out. And then it's the next time, it's the next time, it's the next time. And I want us to be effective at leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And for that to happen, you've got to be intentional about who you're hanging out with. You've got to find a way to spend time with people who do, who do not know Jesus. And I'm telling you, there's people on your campus, there are people that you're surrounded by that they are longing for you to be urgent with them. They have a desire in them. They, don't, they might not know how to express that, but they're just hoping that someone's going to be urgent with them. And if you'll be urgent, I promise you, over time, you will start being effective in your relationships. There's one more thing that's going to happen, and that's uh, another observation from this passage and what happened to Jesus, and I think it will happen to you. And that's this. Jesus was criticized. It said in the scripture that people began to mutter. And I don't know what muttering is all about, but I imagine it was just talking under their breath, but talking like loud enough that there was a rumbling going on or a grumbling going on. And it was like, can you believe it? He's going to be the guest of that sinner. Like he's going to the sinner's house. And I think if we're truly, honestly effective in this area, that people are going to criticize us. They're going to wonder what we're up to. And I don't know what that looks like for you. But you've got to start figuring out, okay, who can I help lead into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ? And who doesn't know Jesus? And so we don't always need to be hanging out around Christians all the time. That's not going to help the kingdom if we're not meeting people who do not know Jesus. And if we do that, we start hanging out with people who don't know Jesus, then we're going to be criticized at some point in time. And it's just a warning, a caution. Hey, it's going to happen. And that's okay if you do that. Now, if your parents are criticizing you because you're hanging out at the party, because you're like, hey, mom, I'm just trying to represent Jesus at the party. That's not what I'm talking about, Okay. And some of you need to be hanging out at the party because you can handle that. Some of you don't need to be hanging out at the party because you're like, okay, I can't handle the party scene because I like the party scene too much and I can't follow Christ the way I need to follow Christ. And so this is not an excuse for you to be like, well, the pastor at the living room said, mom, that I should be hanging out with people who don't know Jesus and this is the best place for me to hang out with people who don't know Jesus. And I was like, no, that's not what I'm talking about, okay? I'm talking about you being intentional, in your relationships with people who don't know Jesus. That's what I'm saying. And see, this is the greatest moment for you in college. These days are so important because you're surrounded by people who don't know Jesus. Andy, our pastor, says it this way. He says, everybody whom you lay your eyes on is somebody for whom your Savior died. Everybody whom you lay your eyes on, is somebody for whom your Savior died. You know, everybody that you ran into today, everybody that you crossed paths with today, the person that angered you today, whether it was driving, 
whether it's walking to class or waiting in line, that person is somebody for whom your Savior died. And for us to be effective in leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, you're going to have to figure out, okay, what are the characteristics, what are the qualities that I need to be focusing on in my life so that people can be attracted to the irresistible Jesus in me? You're going to have to be intentional about who you're spending time with and how you're spending time with them. And you've got to be ready. There might be some criticism coming, but that's okay. That just means, confirms that you're doing the right thing. Um, the, the two questions, I want to put those back up here for you. So how are you being intentional in your relationships with people who do not know Jesus? How are you being intentional in your relationships with people who do not know Jesus? And what Christ-like qualities are being revealed in your life that cause people who do not know Jesus to be attracted to you? And so for some of you tonight, you, didn't even th- you, don't, you never even thought about being intentional before. And maybe there's not even a name that comes to mind right now. But others of you, you know exactly who that person is. And I just want to encourage you, start thinking about ways that you can be intentional with them, that you can actually ask them to hang out, go get coffee with them, go, you know, um, go to a, a basketball game with them at Georgia State, go support the Panthers, they're an incredible basketball team, amazing, yes, Jack's with me on that one over there, thank you, Jack. But I'm serious, go spend time with people who do not know Jesus and be intentional with them. And then the other thing I would say about being intentional is begin to pray for that person. Because when you begin to pray for them, you're gonna, God is going to put in you a heart of urgency for them. You're going to think differently about them. And start praying for them. Praying that they would come to know the love of Christ, that they would come experience the love of Christ in your life, through your life, so that they can know how great the love the Father has for them in the Son, Jesus Christ. And then what Christ-like qualities are being revealed in your life that cause people who do not know Jesus to be attracted to you? And that is a weird way to say it and a weird way to ask it. But, I mean, are you being loving to people? Are you being kind? Are you listening to people as you go through your day? Are you just, like, on Instagram all the time and, like, not even focused as you're walking through campus? Because I promise you there's people that if you stop and give them the time of day, they're going to be like, there's something different about this person. And they're going to be attracted to you. This is so important because I want you to know that you have no idea the potential of the influence that you have. How great of influence that you have in people's lives. I, um, I don't know where Devontae is. Devontae, where are you in the room? Are you in the room right here? This is Devontae Jones right here. Devontae, everybody say hello to Devontae. Many of you know him because he's the bus captain. The band's going to come up. Band, y'all can come on up. We're we're wrapping up here. But Devontae, um, this is so cool. But Devontae, his freshman year, I think it was your freshman year. If I say it wrong, just go with it, Devontae. But um, his freshman year, someone in his class invited him to the living room and just said, hey, come on. Come to the living room. He came. He didn't know anybody here. He knew the person that invited him, and that was it. 
And ever since then, he's been coming back faithfully to the living room every week. And what's amazing about Devante is that he invites people to the living room. In fact, I would be willing to ask in this section that there's somebody in the room tonight that got invited by Devante at some point in time because that's just who he is. He's shaking his head like, no, no one's here tonight that I've invited. <laughs> but but um, he constantly invites people to the living room. One, because I think he loves the living room, and I thank you for that, Devante. But two, he knows how important it is to connect people with the most important relationship that they could ever have. And it's absolutely amazing. We were at the tailgate um, last fall at Georgia State, and he brought his whole hallway. Like, he, he's an RA in the commons, and the whole hallway shows up to the tailgate. And I'm like, there's Devante doing what he's great at, inviting people. And he's intentional about it. He puts himself in positions where people who don't know Jesus all the time are interacting with him. And I love it because he gets what we're about. We're about leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so my hope and my prayer for us this year is that we would all have the opportunity to lead our friends and even people that we don't even know yet into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so would you join us this year in that mission? And as you begin to join us in that mission, would you start, thinking, start asking the question, what is it going to take, God, for me to grow in my relationship with you? What is it going to take for me to look more and more like you? What is it going to take for me to display your characteristics in my life so that I can reveal you to the world that I live in? And would you begin to be intentional in your relationships so that we can lead students into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that the greatest relationship that we could ever experience is through your son, Jesus Christ. And I thank you for many in the room that have already experienced that. But God, I pray that you would awaken us tonight and you would place in us a deep sense of urgency to see, to see people for who they are, to see them as you see them, either a child of the king or someone who their Savior has died for, but they have not experienced the love of the Savior yet because they haven't opened up their eyes to see him as Savior. And so would you use us, God, to reach our campuses, to reach our workplaces, to reach our families for your namesake. And would you help us be effective at leading people into a growing relationship with you? God, would you do it in and through us by your Holy Spirit, by your grace and by your mercy that it allows us to live each day? God, we love you. We trust you. We know that you are mighty to save and that you can do great things in and through us. And we're believing for great things this year. In Jesus' name, amen.